On this episode of That One Movie Podcast, we are going to review the MCU show Echo on Disney+, Plus, as well as Poor Things, the Oscar nominee starring Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo from Yorgos Lanthimos. If you want to jump straight to those reviews, use the time codes down in the description. We'll start off spoiler-free. We'll warn you before we dive into our spoiler-filled discussion, so stick around for all of that. But beforehand, Holden, we have to review, or excuse me, discuss this week's news from the world of entertainment. Whatever... What are some of our stories this week? Yeah, so we're going to talk about the trailers for Monkey Man and Roadhouse. We're also going to be talking about the Oscar nominations, which came out this week. Mm. And also, uh, apparently, another Jurassic World is being made, Jimmy. Just by insane demand. Yeah, just because everyone wants to see one. All right. (laughs) As always, use the time codes to jump to any of those discussions as well. Or stick around for the whole podcast. We'd love to have you be around with us. Absolutely. I'm Jimmy Uthie. I'm Holden Sutter. And it's time for Tom. Tom. That one movie podcast. All right, Jimmy, before we talk about Echo and poor things, let's do some toms. Let's do the toms. Toms Toms is the rapid fire segment in which we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron somewhere in between. There we go, Holden. Perfect. We did it well this week. We did it so well. (laughs) Very proud of us. Yes. Uh, So first off, let's talk about some trailers. Uh, A couple trailers I wasn't really expecting. Uh, but first off, uh, Monkey Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a new film uh, directed directorial debut of Dev Patel, mm-hmm. uh, f- uh, p- popular actor. Uh, but it's also produced by uh, Jordan Peele and his Monkey Paw Productions label. Yes, so. Monkey Paw making Monkey Man. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, no eating of bananas or throwing a poop or no. swinging from trees. No, so that part that part seems a little inaccurate. Yeah, from the, the trailer, part, but. Um, yeah, no. So apparently this movie was originally going to be a Netflix movie and then Jordan Peele saw it and thought it needed a theatrical release cause he liked it so much. So then he just bought the rights to it. So there you go. cool. Um, what do you think of the trailer? It looks like Indian John Wick. It does. Yeah. But like really, I think it looks really good. Yeah. Like I think it, it looks good. I think it has enough of its own like style and everything. It looks like it's going to be taking a lot of kind of, um, Indian, like I don't know if like mythology is the right word for this or this legend of the monkey man. Yeah. Like, so I know that there's like I don't know if this is the same monkey. So sure. if I'm if I'm incorrect here, but I know that um there is like in one of the Hindu kind of stories, they have a couple big epics, and I can't remember which one it is, like the Ramayana or something like that. And one of the characters, like the main guy, has like a monkey sidekick character. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's supposed to represent this okay. person, but I I don't know this yeah. legend. I I'm not sure. Uh, I'm sure Dev we'll Patel learn more in the movie. Dev Patel's a great actor. I I really liked him in Lion. Liked mm-hmm. him in The Green Knight. He's obviously in Slumdog Millionaire, one of the most yeah. overrated movies of all time. <laughs> which have you seen? <laughs> I've it? never seen it. It's I mean it's all right. He was in uh, Wes Anderson's recent short films too. He's very good. Oh yeah. Those, so. He's very good. Uh, it will be fun to see him beat some people up. Yeah. Yeah. The action looks very frenetic. It um, it feels like, 
I don't know if like more if like primal's the right word in terms of the filmmaking than like John Wick, which I guess maybe fits like the whole monkey angle, I guess. Like it feel the the camera's more shaky, but it's still very clear what all's happening. There's a lot more like crazy things happening. There's the bit in the trailer where he's like stabbing a guy's throat with a knife in his teeth. Like, yeah, just like weird, crazy things happening. Um, but then he tries to jump through the window and he doesn't. Yeah. Which I thought was funny. Yeah. Was a classic shot. So we'll see. I, I mean, I love Bollywood stuff. I like John Wick. So if this is kind of an infusion of those with Dev Patel kind mm-hmm. of leading it, that'd be great. Uh, Certainly looks good. I'm going to give it a broca, Holden. Yeah, I'm going to give it a broca too. Comes out in April, I believe. Nice. So. Uh, next up is the trailer uh, for Roadhouse, which Bombadil. is Bombadil. You didn't like it? <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. I was like, really? I was watching that trailer. I'm like, this is a movie that I just do not want to see ever. Really? I'm like, this is doing absolutely nothing for me. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I have never seen the original Roadhouse. The premise of this, I was like, this is dumb but it doesn't look like it's like fun dumb to me oh see i think it looks fun dumb see, yeah i just was like i i don't and it's not doing it for me it looks so, like worse fast than the furious dumb it does look me. like that sometimes uh so yeah roadhouse it's a remake of like a movie from the late 80s starring patrick swayze which has kind of become a cult classic i've never seen it myself um but there's a lot of people that consider it to be like an 80s classic um but this is a remake uh, directed by Doug Lyman, who did the first Bourne movie, but he's also done like Edge of Tomorrow and, and some pretty well-received movies um, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, I think it looks like, it, obviously I don't think it looks as good as Monkey Man. I think it looks very fun, though. I think the the fights look very silly. Um, there's it, there's like, some like really good impact. I think they look very... I think the fights look very impactful. I think is like the big thing. I, like well done in that regard. Connor I like Mc- the scene where he's slapping everybody. Yeah, towards the beginning of the trailer. That's a good one. Uh, Connor McGregor is one of the bad guys, yeah. <laughs> which that's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it looks stupid fun to me. I just, I'm just it's coming not Amazon Prime. I believe. Yep. So. If you are excited, good for you. I'm just like that. I just looked at it and like, nope, not for me. Okay. This one. Doesn't hit that right now. I'm kind of surprised. I thought you'd think it was fun, no. fun, stupid. No, didn't didn't work for me. All right, fair enough. Well, I'll give it a bruiser on. I we'll see. I'll probably watch it unless it's just horrible. Um, so yeah, great Oscar nominees. Hold on, let's not hit everything. Let's just the highlights here. What do we got? Yeah, we can. Uh, I do want to say real quick, this is the first time I've ever seen a live action short that's nominated because one of Wes Anderson's was nominated. So. Likely, my guess is that's what we'll win too, because probably more people have seen that than the others. Well, I'm going, I'm going against Red, White, and Blue, which is nominated for a live action short because it is not using the Oxford comma. Oh yeah, that's true. I'm a big we fan like of the that. Oxford I, comma. Yeah, we we here at that one movie podcast are big fans of the Oxford mm-hmm. comma. So we stand by you. Little Oxford comma. So yeah, we can skip over the other shorts because we haven't seen any of those. Uh, international feature, I do want to say it's interesting. So you, you got Society of the Snow, which has been getting a lot of buzz, uh, Zone of Interest. Um, but Anatomy of a Fall <laughs> isn't on there, which yeah. it's nominated for other things. So that's kind of interesting. Um, documentary, haven't seen any of those. Original song, you got two Barbie songs. Mm-hmm. You got a song from Killers of the Flower Moon, which I don't remember. I don't even remember that either. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Uh, if I were a betting man, I'd say, what was I made for? Just going to win. 
from Barbie. Yeah, from Barbie. Not, I'm just kidding. I would. I mean, I love. I'm Anywhere just Ken. Else but <laughs> be a it seems to be that all, the Billie Eilish ones getting a bit more kind of buzz. What will it take for you? Uh, original see? score. Uh, Indiana Jones is nominated. Why? Why? Is, <laughs> and the I look. I love John Williams. I yeah. could not tell you one musical new musical beat yeah not even walking out of the theater well even like there's a lot i remember there was a lot of returning stuff in it and i couldn't even like think of how that was arranged or anything like all i remember is it was a lot of old musical cues and very unremarkable new stuff i couldn't tell you anything about it yeah so strange. I mean, it's like you got like Spider-Verse, which I think has an incredible score. It yeah. just wasn't nominated. Um, but I don't know. Oppenheimer, Killers of Fire. How many now is that like for John Williams? I'm going to look that up. John Williams. Number He's still of the most numbers. nominated person of all time. So good for him, I guess. <laughs> He's just padding the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> just making it harder for anyone to reach that point. Uh, oh, my gosh. I need to need a number. You no keep oh, going. Okay. Keep going. This is not good radio holding if you don't keep going here. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh visual effects. 54. Jesus. Okay. Insane. How old is that man? He's been earning he has more like 91. Oh my god. He's going to turn 92 in a couple weeks. Oh wow, good for him. Uh visual effects. Uh we've got The Creator, Godzilla minus 1, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Mission Impossible and Napoleon. So, Sounds about right. Yeah, good ones. I still need to see The Creator. Yeah, still haven't seen it either, which it was also nominated for sound uh, with Maestro, Mission Impossible, <laughs> Oppenheimer, and Zone of Interest. He said Maestro again. I keep saying that, <laughs> which is uh, weird because I don't think I say that in real life, like outside of the podcast. I'm pretty uh, sure I say Maestro, but I don't know. Maybe That's I'm, okay. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, sure. It was good sound but they just vote for one of them. Yeah, it's just going to be like Oppenheimer winning all the technical awards or something yeah. probably. Uh, makeup and hairstyling. I'd be cool with poor things. Poor things. Oh, that one. Yeah. I'd never heard of Golda. What's that? Yeah, I don't know. That, so there's a couple, like, I don't know, like just random movies thrown in here that I've never heard of, which cool that like random smaller films, Golda, what was the other one? It's like cinematography, El Conde. Yeah, I don't know. Cool that they're, you know, distributing it a bit wider, but never heard of these movies. Uh, how, yeah. how informed do you think the Oscar voting actually is I, there? You're going to have a handful of people that have seen a ton of movies. And then I would probably say most of them have seen like probably as informed like, as any democracy, right? Yeah. Like most people <laughs> don't know anything that they're doing and they're like, well, I'm supposed to vote for this. Well, that's also, I mean, from what I hear. So the, there yeah, we go. It's also just very unclear who all's, you know, included in the, in the nomination process and everything. Uh, editing, you got Anatomy of a Fall, Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Cinematography, a bunch of those same ones. Poor Things and Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon got a lot of the technical awards. I feel like whichever, I think Oppenheimer's just going to take a lot of these. I and I think because of that, I mean, jumping the gun a little bit here, but because of that, I think Oppenheimer will win Best Picture. Just because I, I just think it's going to win so many of these technical things that... It's gonna be a it's gonna be a Titanic situation, just win everything or whatever. Yeah. And La La Land, except maybe it could pull a La La Land where win everything <laughs> except Best Picture. Yeah, yeah. And then Anatomy of a Fall, no, like a Zone of Interest or something yeah, wins something Best Picture. Wins. That'd be cool. Or holdovers, or you know, <laughs> Coda. 
How did Co- I still cannot believe Coda won Best Picture? I can't remember what all was even nominated that year. I just I mean it was nobody good, knows that because Chris Rock got smacked by Will Smith that's, that year. That's right. That was his same year. <laughs> that- uh, costume design: Barbie, Killers of Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. Good batch there. Um, production design: Is that the exact same? Yeah, it's the exact same ones there. Well, yeah, I mean. It's going to be really between Barbie and Poor Things, I think, for for production for design. For production yeah. design, and both are great in that regard. So I would, I would give be... the nod to for Poor Things. I think, yeah, just because it's a little bit more intricate mm-hmm. and, and imaginative. Yeah. Like Barbie looks great. Like when I saw this, I'm like, this immediately, like this is great production design. Yeah, it's very unique. deserves deserves an Oscar nominee. I thought maybe it'd be like a front runner, and but then Poor Things is just like I've never. St- seen anything like this yeah never seen anything that quite looks like that so i don't know both good options i mean really any of those except let's just not give napoleon anything <laughs> that doesn't really need anything uh animated feature got boy in the heron elemental nimona uh spider-man across the spider-verse and robot dreams i've never heard of nimona or robot dreams uh i've seen nimona it's on netflix okay. uh, it's pretty good um i robot dreams i don't think you can even like like anyone can watch that. That's like zone of interest where just no one has seen that movie yet. Okay. Um, but boy in the Heron, cross the spider verse, Nimona, like all those probably I'd get edge it to. I would uh, give it to spider verse, but it's going to yeah. be the boy in the Heron. Probably. I think. Yeah. It's, it's Miyazaki's award to lose. Uh, then we get to the screenplay ones, adapted screenplay, American fiction, Barbie, Oppenheimer, poor things, zone of interest, which we talked about yesterday that, Killers of the Flower Moon somehow doesn't have a nomination yeah. here. Very interesting. Very interesting. Is Poor Things adapted from... It's a book. Okay. Um, which I think the book is quite a bit different, but yeah, it's like a book from the 90, 1992, and it is, it's a book called Poor Things, so yeah. All right. Um, oh, Wait, what page. are you doing? I know. I'm Just up here. so many technical difficulties. <laughs> you got it, Holden. You're doing so great. Thank you. Original screenplay you got Anatomy of a Fall, Holdovers, May, December, Maestro, Past Lives, uh, which Great. the only one we've reviewed here is Past Lives. Holdovers <laughs> is good. I saw okay. May, December this week, but all right. Uh, best supporting actress got Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks, Color Purple, America Ferrera, Barbie, Jodie Foster, Nyad, and Divine Joy Randolph for the Holdovers. Um, I've only seen Barbie and Oppenheimer so far, so yeah. Um, I. I would guess Divine Joy Randolph's going to win. She seems to have a lot of momentum for the holdovers. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, Best Supporting Actor. You've seen most of these, though. Uh, Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling, Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. So it's going to be Robert Downey Jr., That's what I would think. I would think. I mean, he was incredible. I mean, all I, I love all four of the ones we've seen. I think they're all very good in their respective movies. Uh, Ryan Gosling, I don't think really has a shot. No. Robert De Niro is really good, but yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is probably going to win. Uh, best Actress, Annette Bening uh, for Nyad, Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra uh, Huller, Huller uh, for Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan, Maestro, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. Is Nyad the one, is that the one where it's, they're swimming across the the Netflix one or something. It, it, it's something about swimming. I don't. Something I don't about know, like, like swimming between <laughs> like somewhere in the Caribbean. Like I'm going to swim from Florida to Cuba or something like okay. that, or Jamaica or something like that. I think is the premise. Yeah, it got a, it's got a couple acting noms, but I think that's all it's gotten. So I don't really know much beyond that. 
Um, and Reese Iphens is in it too. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think I just like stumbled around it upon it on Netflix. I'm like, oh, there's Otto Hightower. Um, Lily Gladstone would be my guess yes. for who's going to win. And she is incredible. Emma Stone was also incredible. So I, you know, if either one, I wouldn't be upset. But Lily Gladstone, I think, is probably going to win. I think Lily Gladstone's going to win. I don't. I think she didn't do as much in her movie as Emma Stone did, though. Like, uh, look, I, I, into, if I was to, I think my prediction is Lily Gladstone's going to win. But of the two, I'd probably say Emma Stone is. Like, I haven't mm-hmm. seen a performance like that. Yeah. So it's, it's like she's unique. kind of pioneering her this own thing that I haven't seen before, and she knocked it out of the park. It's. Yeah, it's it's very different. I I do kind of I do kind of want to rewatch this movie, even though it's three and a half hours long. Killers of the Flower Moon. So I don't know. We'll see. That's our guest, though, Lily Gladstone. She's. I just remember her being very good, but not like she's in it, but not you know, Leonardo. It's more Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert and, and uh, Robert De Niro. Yeah, they're in it more than probably her. Yeah. Whereas Emma Stone is in every scene pretty much. Um, best actor, we have Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti, The Holdovers, Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Um, I would say it's going to be between, I would think Killian Murphy's got the, the, the advantage here, right? He's got to be the front runner. I think it's between him and Paul Giamatti, yeah. um, which both are very good. I would probably choose Killian Murphy if I had a choice, but um, Paul Giamatti's another one that's been getting a lot of, a lot of buzz. So yeah. kind of hard to tell there. Uh, and then we have best director, Jonathan Glazier uh, for zone of interest, Yorgos Lanthimos, poor things, uh, Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer, Martin, Martin Scorsese, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon and Justin Triate uh, for an anatomy of a fall. I think Nolan's finally going to win one. I th- Although, yeah, you know, Yorgos, could he come up with a little dark horse? Yeah. Yorgos I, Lanthimos? I can't remember if he won for the favorite or not. So I can't remember if this would be his Well, I am. Either. I got my computer free. Hold on. I'll there look it go. up. Yorgos um, Lanthimos. Martin Scorsese, even though he was great for Killers of the Flower Moon, I don't. Has he? Holy wait! He's only won like one Oscar, right? It's, it's something sure. weird like that that he's only won one Oscar. Um, but yeah, I would guess probably Christopher Nolan or Yorgos. He won an Oscar for. I'm guessing there. I don't know. Ten nominations, one win. So I don't know what it won. So let me look it up. Okay. Um, wait, did it win Best Picture? The favorite? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. For some reason I was thinking it did. Yeah, maybe a one screenplay then. Uh, then we've got best picture nominations here. Uh, so we've got 10, American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. There we go. Um, and we're going to review all of those by the time the Oscars come out, hopefully. Um, and we got Poor Things this week. So the only ones we've got left are Maestro, Holdovers, Anatomy of a Fall, and Zone of Interest, which I think... We're now going to have ways to watch all of these because Zone of Interest is playing at the state sometime in February. All righty. I think we're going to have ways to watch all these. Oh, in American Fiction, we have to watch that one too. Oh, my gosh. This is the most. (laughs) Just It it is just a, I cannot tell what this movie won. (laughs) This is horrible. What year was this? It was like 2018, right? I think. So 2019 Academy Awards is what I need to look up? Yeah, probably. Gee whiz. <laughs> what was that Wikipedia? It was just a paragraph 
just you could not jumbled words tell what was happening um I, while you're figuring that out though no the green book beat the favorite for best oh picture that's that right year. yeah that was the green book here <laughs> okay. olivia coleman won best actress okay, okay. so he has not won okay then, so yeah right he, it looks like no best director went to she uh, was alfonso Cuarón for roma there you go alfonso Cuarón. Um, yeah, I, overall, I think it's a pretty strong lineup. I mean, I haven't, we haven't seen some of these movies, but I've heard, I've heard now that we've seen about half of the best picture. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the holdovers too. Um, but I mean, from what I understand seems to be a pretty strong lineup, not incredibly clear, like Oppenheimer, I think could get everything, but I think it could also very potentially could be spread out a bit more than that. So hard to tell. I think I, I yeah I think Oppenheimer can it get the momentum going? Can Christopher Nolan? Can people? I feel like it's going to be like okay, Christopher Nolan here. You can have all your Oscars now. We don't have to deal with this. <laughs> we don't have to. We don't have to. This. Now we don't have to like guilt be guilted into <laughs> nominating you or that giving you an true. award in the future. And I think and they're just going to do this because it's like okay, people like this. It made almost a billion dollars and and if I'm not mistaken, I think Nolan films have oftentimes gotten a lot of the technical awards. Yes. So um, I, I think he has an edge there, definitely. Especially like as we mentioned before, <laughs> what best sound, Christopher best Nolan, sound. <laughs> Tenant. I mean, at least yeah. Did that win? No, the, I okay. could not have won. Okay. There's no Thank way. God. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> at least Oppenheimer was mixed well, a lot better than Tenant. So, yeah, I don't I'm know. Sure, Dunkirk did though. Yeah, it might have. I didn't mind. So I know some people said Dunkirk was like way too loud. I didn't mind Dunkirk in that regard too much, but. I'll give the noms of Brokaw. I think it's a good good lineup. Yeah, so, I mean, sure, Brokaw. Uh, I feel like they, of the what I've seen, they mostly got it right. I was a little surprised Greta Gerwig wasn't nominated for Best Director. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I haven't seen Zone of Interest or Anatomy, uh, of, Anatomy of Fall, which I've heard both are quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I was just a little bit surprised. And... Um, What's the name of the director from uh, Past Lives as well? Uh, Celine Song. Celine Song. So, I mean, lots of good, really good direction this year. It was, I think it's very stacked um, because of the ones I've seen, obviously Martin Scorsese, Christopher Nolan, and Yorgos Lanthimos, I think are all incredibly deserving of their nominations. Yeah, I'd agree. And then, and and what I've heard, Jonathan Glazer and uh, Justine Triet, Triet, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, how do you say her name? All right, very look. Uh, heard great things about it, so I'm excited to see those overall. Yeah, Broca. Um, and when are the Academy Awards this year? Uh, it's like the 10th or something of March. 2020, 20, not 29, 24. 24. <laughs> 20. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you can't even type Academy Awards date. Here we go. We got March 10th. Yeah, I was right. All right. So we got a little over a month to to finish up on these. That's movies. a Sunday, right? Usually it's a Sunday I night. So yeah. Guys, I gotta get to bed. Academy Awards. <laughs> you got yeah, you got work the next day. You got yeah. school to go to. This week, yeah, we get a little more than a month. <laughs> so there we go. Catch Sweet. on up. Catch on up with us. We'll have all our reviews of the best picture nominees uh in by that day, hopefully. Yes. Awesome. All right. So on to other news, Jimmy. Um uh DC uh has been deciding its new supergirl. It's down between two front front runners and I wanted to bring this up because Millie Alcock is oh, one of the Oh wow, I hope she gets runners. it. Uh she was in uh House of the Dragon. 
She played, uh, what's her name? What's that character's name? <laughs> Rhaenyra Targaryen. Rhaenyra Targaryen, the young version from the, like, the first half of the season. Uh, and the other one is Meg Donnelly, uh, who is the star of Disney Channel's original film, Zombies, mm. <laughs> which I have seen all three of. Oh, wow. I don't um, know anything about yeah. her. Um, she's good. She, uh, she, I, also, she loses she also, to Millie Alcock. She also has been, apparently been playing Supergirl in some of the recent DC animated stuff. But yeah, Millie Alcock, I'm, I mean, if she gets this great, the you know, House of the Dragon is seems to get, be giving her more opportunities. She was great. She was so that, good. So. They should have just put old makeup on her. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. No offense to uh, Emma Darcy. She was good, too. Yeah, but I think like Millie Alcock was incredible. She though. was really good. Yeah, I liked her a lot. So, uh, yeah, I'll give it a Brokaw. Brokaw. Uh, Jimmy, I'm wondering if Damien Chazelle after Babylon is in director jail uh, because apparently Matthew Vaughn is going to be directing his new musical. Why director jail? <laughs> uh, just because Babylon didn't do very well. Like, like financially it was kind of a bomb. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, it was I, incredibly well yeah, directed. No. I'm. I'm. I'm kind of. Maybe he's there, just like, why did I do this to myself? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was I, a bit much. You on him. have to have thought Damien Chazelle on like day whatever of filming that just insane party. He's like, mm-hmm. why did I do this to myself? <laughs> he's like, I am not going to direct a movie it's ever again. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, he did he did writing of other movies before he started directing, so it could just be one of those again. But what are the movies did he write? He did. He did 10 Cloverfield Lane. He wrote 10 Cloverfield yeah, Lane? Yeah, or co-wrote it or something. It's what? like weird. Yeah, he Damien Chazelle like has a bunch of like weird writing credits. No. Yeah, 100%. No. Check the... Not. We've been doing so much off-the-cuff research in this episode. <laughs> yeah, there he is. What the heck? <laughs> It's funny because last week we also brought up 10 Cloverfield Lane. It's like a... Yeah. No way. I need to rewatch that movie. He wrote um, The Last Exorcism Part 2. Grand Piano, Guy and Madeline on a park bench. Which he also directed. That was like his first movie. I've, is I've that not a seen that full-length movie? movie? I've never heard of that movie. Yeah, I is think that it just is. Like a, but I think it is, but it might have been like a student thing. I yeah, don't know. I don't know. Regardless, yeah. Just a, like a few random movies strewn in there. Anyway, uh, this one, uh, it's a musical. It's going to be directed by Matthew Vaughn, a director of the upcoming Argyle. Hmm. Yeah, and the uh, Kingsman, Kingsman and all the movies. Yeah, yes. Um, interesting choice. I well, I wonder if it'll have Matthew Vaughn's style. Mm-hmm. Um, Which honestly, you know, Matthew Vaughn I think has a pretty good visual style, um, and I think he writes a lot of his movies too. But if Damien Chazelle's writing, honestly, that might not be too bad of a pairing. No, I just wish he would also direct it. Yeah, I I, mean, I agree because I, I love all of his. I'm, direct- it has to be like. I need a break. <laughs> like, yeah, that very well. I, 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 I did Babylon and that just tired him. I can like years. that was the one thing watching Babylon. Was, I think if you listen to our review, I was like, this had to be just awful to make mm-hmm. this movie because it's just so big in scale and there's so much going on and so much to keep track of. And I just feel so bad for him because it's a very good movie for a lot of it. Yeah. And it just bombed and critics <laughs> trashed it. Or thought it was like okay, middling reviews. Luckily, a lot of people seem to love I think, it now. I so. think Babylon is going to be like slowly g- getting yeah. more more love in retrospect. Um, Good, but uh, yeah, because I mean, 
Whiplash, incredible writing mm-hmm. and directing. La La Land, incredible writing and directing. First Man, incredible writing and directing. And I would say Babylon is is also in that. Yeah. Minus maybe the ending. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so it's like the dude is in, amazingly ta- talented. Um, and I hope that this is like he's not burnt out from directing and I hope he would be willing to do it. But obviously yeah. if he's taking care of himself, I don't know. Broca, I like... I like Damien Chazelle a lot. I'm not as big of a fan of Matthew Vaughn's work. I don't love... I've only seen the first Kingsman movie, and I like it. I don't love it. I, I was thinking... I always So we'll forget, see with Argyle coming up. I always forget he also directed the best X-Men movie, X-Men First Class. Which Matthew I have Vaughan not did, seen. So, yeah. Um, anyway, Jimmy, next up, we have uh, Universal is apparently making another Jurassic World movie. Thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> this one is written by David Kep, who also who wrote the first two Jurassic Park films. Um, he also wrote the original Spider-Man, Mission Impossible, and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, and according to Hollywood Reporter, it's far enough along and Universal's happy enough with the script that happy it's, enough. <laughs> <laughs> happy enough. Uh that they've discussed a 2025 release date. Wow. So they might fast track this. You know what? Oh, Can't wait. Bro gosh, or why not? <laughs> I don't care. Dinosaurs. Um I like I look. I, <laughs> the I'll go Bergeron. I'm really out of Bergeron, I, but I'm just feeling nice. I'll I'll be optimistic with a Bergeron just because like if they're you know it's its own thing past like the previous trilogy kind of does something different. You know, you're getting the original writer back. Maybe it could be something. We'll see. But just reboot. Like yeah, I don't want to see uh, Chris Pratt. I yeah, do not want to see no. uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. I don't. I don't like just new, please. Well, they, Jurassic Universe. Yeah, Jurassic Universe. <laughs> God. Um, Jurassic Park versus Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, Ju- I don't Jurassic. Know. We'll see about it. T Rex versus Kong versus Godzilla. The Mexican standoff. We'll we'll inevitably talk about it on the podcast, regardless of how good it is. So yes, wait for that. Yes. <laughs> Um, and that's, I think that's, yeah, I have another piece, but I think we can just skip it cause we're, we're going along on the yeah. news. So, um, that's it for Tom's this week. I yeah. Think. Uh, apparently just throwing this out there. Apparently <laughs> Rocksteady is not providing everybody with their review codes for uh suicide well, I, kill the justice league. It, like it? before the reviews, like before the, you can buy the game. Like the reviews won't be out. Yeah, which classic tactic, which or release date, movies. I should say, not yeah. not a pre-orders, but release date used for movies too, which is oftentimes just used because they know the reviews aren't going to be glowing. Um, but I mean, I saw what was it a few weeks ago? They did like there was like a hands-on preview or whatever. But, but even but, movies, like you have to do it like the day of at least, right? Yeah, usually reviews will come out like the day of or something. Yeah. Um, which I it is harder for games because they take longer to to complete and everything. But um, yeah, the <laughs> there was the hands-on preview a few weeks ago, and you know, usually hands-on previews press is usually pretty positive, and just everyone was like, I do not like this <laughs> game. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Yikes. We're at Rock City. Rest in peace. All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll t- you. Tom buys this week. There is none because it was closed. We yeah. could not. We went. We parked. We went to enter and it was locked. So we, we were recording this on Sunday like we often do, but we went to the movie last night. We don't usually go Saturdays. For some reason, dinner time on a Saturday, the lobby at the Popeyes is closed. Didn't really understand that, but whatever. So, yeah, we went across the street, went to Slim Chickens. Very good. Yeah. As always, I think Slim's is not as interesting to talk about because it's it's always just a quality experience. Yeah. 
don't have anything to complain about. I will mention briefly, my parents mm-hmm. had a, a Tom Pies experience and they oh, were yeah. texting me play by play as it was happening. They were talking about employees getting in a big fight. There was lemonade that was spilled behind them just all over the floor. Uh, they waited like 30 plus minutes for the food and employees several times kept asking them what they ordered. <laughs> I was like, this just sounds like a, a greatest hits. I was going to say pretty par be- for the course, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> with the free space. That's a bingo, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just it was very funny. Anyway, uh, that's it for for Tom Pies and Tom. So Popeyes, so. please sponsor the podcast. Yes, please. Uh, all right. <laughs> let's talk about Echo. This will be a spoiler. Just spoil review. Just let's just yeah, a spoiler, spoiler review. review. It's a TV show. So. Spoiler review of Echo on Disney Plus. Not spoiler review. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> all right echo echo uh echo, the echo. new mcu series uh which is on disney plus also on hulu apparently i was on hulu the other day and it was just it was just there aren't which, they the one aren't when is that happening when is they when are they I don't, one app that i don't know i, I feel like Every few months, there's like a news story about that. And then it it's like, oh, what's happening in a few months? And then it just doesn't happen. I so. looked up Echo and it came up with Amazon Echo. And then I look up oh, Echo Show. And then there's a thing called the Echo Show. That's an Amazon Echo. Echo Marvel Show. Echo Disney Plus. There we go. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Gee whiz. Amazon owning everything. Uh, give a synopsis of yeah, this show. Yeah, well, this is a spoiler review. But Maya yeah. Lopez's <laughs> ruthless behavior in New York City catches up with her in her hometown she, miss, she must face her past, reconnect with her Native American roots, and embrace the meaning of family and community. Oh, my gosh. They didn't use the Oxford comma here either. Oh, my gosh. Those what sons is this of guns. world coming to? Um, yeah, so this is uh, obviously set in the MCU, but it's uh, kind of a spinoff of the Hawkeye show from a few years ago where Echo was a character. Um, and was probably the best part of that show from what I remember. Oh, yeah. I don't. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> granted, I don't I remember say. much about, about that show, but... Um, yeah, uh, when the, you know, this Echo spinoff was announced, I was like, I don't know about this. Mm, I don't um, know about we'll, this. We'll see. I mean, she was a cool character, but, um, it was all dropped all at once. That's why we're reviewing it all at once. Yeah. Just five episodes. And, um, I, you it's, know, I thought it was pretty, pretty, yeah, it's pretty good. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not, they didn't drag it out, mm-hmm. which I liked. Like I thought it was pretty like, okay, we got it. And I think they developed the characters enough. I liked all the characters, honestly. Yeah. Um, if anything, and granted, I am worried if they had dragged it out more, it would have, it, I mean, felt more dragged out. But like I, it, there were some things that were underdeveloped that they probably could have spent more time on. But with only five episodes, it would have been kind of difficult. Yeah. Um, I would say the one thing that was big underdeveloped for me uh, was probably the relationship with Bonnie. I just feel yeah. like we didn't like we see that in the childhood in the first episode, and it's like <laughs> not a thing. Yeah. Well, so uh, Devery Devery Jacobs, I always say her name. She's in mm-hmm. Reservation Dogs. She's very good in that show. She might be the best part of that show. Okay. And so I was like very excited to see she was in this, and she's just not in it very much. And she doesn't is, do anything no. either. She's basically just to be there at the end to like get. Like, oh, I'm going to kill your cousin. Yeah. I think we needed more of, like, Maya with Kingpin growing up and, Mm -hmm. like, what the family dynamic was then. Like, them trying to reach out or that sort of thing. Because it seems like, oh, you were gone. Uh, Bonnie wrote all these things to you and you just never replied. Like, well, why didn't 
you reply. Yeah, it was very unclear because like she clearly, you know, when she leaves, she kind of left against her own will because her dad took her. Her dad was kind of kicked out of the community. Um, And so they left. But then the like dad dies. She grows up. And yeah, that doesn't really seem to be. Well, like it. It was weird because from what I remember, Maya and Bonnie had like communicated for a while, but it was it was like when the dad died, then she like cut off communication. Okay, yeah, maybe that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, and it was just weird, and she never made any attempt to go back, even when she was older or anything. Um, so that was that was a little unclear as to why that was. Um, with that being said, though, I thought the performances were all mm. excellent. I, I think everybody seriously killed it. Uh, yeah. I don't know how Alakwa, Lakewa Quax. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. Who plays Maya uh, Echo? She's fantastic. Yeah. Of course, Vincent D'Onofrio. I mean, it's just the human embodiment of Kingman. When I finally <laughs> get around so to good. watching Daredevil. Oh, I he's, mean, he's just, even better in Daredevil than he is in the stuff you've seen. Yeah. But. He's just. Just, I mean, from just jumps off the comic book page. Like he's just, he's, he is Kingpin. Like yeah. he can't play anything else in anything. Cause he's just Kingpin at this point. He, um, he's so good. And I, there's so many like fun things that, in, that are kind of added to his character in this, um, which I think like he, he, he portrays himself as caring so much for Maya and yeah. everything, but like there's there's like direct comparisons in this where like he's willing to learn other languages to mm-hmm. make himself go farther in the criminal underworld, but he's not willing to learn sign language yeah, I for this that, person he, he claims to care about so much. I thought that was a very interesting like piece of writing that mm-hmm. like, you know, they even like name it later on. Like Maya is like, you didn't even learn sign language, but I thought yeah. like, it was just a nice subtle demonstration of like, Oh yeah, I care about you, but I'm not actually going to learn this thing. So how much do you actually yeah, care about me? Sort exactly. of feel. Yeah. Um, so he's fantastic. He's and great. Very I saw, I saw an interview with him recently where he's like, yeah, I'm willing to just play this character until I die. <laughs> so <laughs> good for him. Nice. Yeah. He just fits the role like a glove. Um, Again, I'm going to butcher name. I'm, it's my turn to butcher all the names. Chask Spencer, is that how you say his name? Chask I don't Spencer. know exactly, but he I plays Uncle Henry. He was terrific. He was awesome. I was like, was this <laughs> guy needs to be in more stuff. Yeah, he was like the standout of like the, the of the cast I wasn't familiar with, the, the supporting stuff. He is so good. I'm like, his voice kind of reminded me of Joel from The Last of Us mm, a little bit. Like, sure. well, we got to get this done now. I can't do it. But he, <laughs> I was like, this guy... Just needs to be in more stuff. He's got very he good screen presence. Terrific. Yeah, he him. was so good. Um, yeah. Um, and then uh, Tantu Cardinal was was fantastic yes, as well as Chula the Grandma. And then um, was it Graham Green was in it too? Right. He was good. Yes. Yeah. It's the grandpa. The grandpa. Character. He's. I mean, Graham Green's just a legend. He. Yeah. He's just. He was great. He's he so was good. funny. <laughs> Again, yeah, <he's> <laughs> everybody just. Killed it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Just fantastic all around performances. Um, I I honestly think that was the strongest part of the show. Was just straight up yeah. the acting. Yeah, um, which Absolutely. I think they did, did very, very, very well done. And apparently, like, uh, well, it, I mean, all the actors, if they didn't know it already, they all learned some sign language. From what I understand, Alaqua Cox, however you say her name, she, um, she said in an interview that like the entire like casting crew learned to like basic ASL to communicate with her. Wow. And like in streamline the process and everything. So that's pretty Very cool. cool. Um, the guy who, they don't have him on the, just the straight up cast list right here on Google. I can't find, but uh, the guy who played biscuits too is good. Cody, oh, go. Cody lightning. 
Oh, that's a sweet name. That Cody cool Lightning, <laughs> who played uh, Biscuits. He was fantastic, too. Like, he yeah. was great. I, I'm like, I need more of this so guy. good. <laughs> and I think that that really carried a lot of the show for me. Because there were times, like, I thought they're right. There was just, like, be very good, very good. All of a sudden, something very convenient <laughs> happens. Yeah. Like, why is why does Kingpin run into Chula at the, the post office? I'm like, why mm-hmm. is he at the post office <laughs> of this random town in Oklahoma? Yeah. <laughs> oh, better go mail something. Yeah, there were some there were some big leaps in the show that, that didn't really make the most sense, which I think is, you know, once again, if they had made many more episodes than this, it probably would have felt more dragged out. But I think they also could have used some of that time to to just make things more logical. But yeah, it was like, you know, like show him having to do something like, oh, I need to, I need go. to go send a letter. <laughs> <laughs> I need to or I need to like in in interrogate this person for something at here and, you know just <laughs> yeah, something yeah. it's just like oh here's kingpin at the <laughs> post office and there were a couple times i mean watching it throughout the show uh that i just that came up to me i'm like really not a huge thing to change right it's mm-hmm. just a quick little fix of why a character goes here or why exactly they're doing this thing or why this person shows up to this location um that just isn't in there. So maybe it did exist and they edited it out because they didn't think it was necessary. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think really overall pretty good. Like we, <clears throat> we talked about it a little bit off ca- off camera, but the, the action, the first action scene, in the first episode is the standout. It's, and then it's there's just, just the nothing, <laughs> nothing really like it. The rest of the, the show, uh, I think it's the third episode has the bit at the roller rink, which is, I think is pretty good. It's just like not on the level of the no. first episode, um, which yeah, that first episode has, has kind of a, a fake wonder, uh, going for uh, several minutes, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and that's when you get the little daredevil cameo and, um, which was always fun to see. I've never had someone hold their own against him. Yeah. I can't do a Vincent Denavri. <laughs> not happening yet. But uh, yeah, that was a fantastic sequence. I, I mean, I even saw a little behind the scenes thing on YouTube because I was before coming here, I was like, oh, I want to rewatch that scene. And the first thing I clicked on from Marvel, it was like Marvel. It was like Echo versus Daredevil or something. But it was it was more of a behind the scenes thing. It was pretty interesting mm-hmm. to see kind of their training and everything. And but yeah, it was great. It's great. Yeah. Um the roller rink episode, I think, was the worst one in terms of just things did not make sense. Yeah, they like it was, it was weird. Like they're they're being held by this guy who works at the roller rink, and there's these two other ladies just randomly there, and the, they're so they're like holding them hostage. Mm-hmm. But he like won't show the people that they're it's like, oh no, I need to see the money first, and then I'll show you like. Okay, that's just yeah, not that, how this is gonna work. Anyway. That's weird. He like he removes her prosthetic leg, but just drops it so, right next. To her. Or the lady does, or something. Or yeah, yeah, whoever. <laughs> and then so like they have them, but they're like, oh, you could just say like, oh, we have them locked in this room. They did break out, but they're locked in there. Mm-hmm. But he's like. Instead, he's like, no, I'm just going to stall and not show you where these things are. <laughs> you and all these dangerous armed men. I'm like, what? I why don't like, why are you, why are you acting like this? I'm just like, no one has been more dead than this guy in this scene. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> can you just take me out to see the money? Oh, you hear that? You, he wants you to take him out. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I just thought that that episode, I like the whole concept of the episode. Mm-hmm. 
And like you said, some of the action was good, but so that was where like things were distractingly yeah, off very thing. silly. Like, and- since so much of it was so good and grounded, the stuff that stood out really stood out. And mm-hmm. I think the most of that was in that episode. Yeah, I agree. Um, my other big like writing qualm would be the last episode of like why why is this all happening at a powwow? Yeah, <laughs> why are they kidnapping these people and holding them ransom at a powwow? Apparently, they're just gonna kill a bunch of people. Well, yeah. just to kill a bunch of people. Yeah, it was weird. It was to me. It was like I'm gonna shoot an uh, RPG into this pile. <laughs> like, why are we doing this? Initially, I was like, okay, so maybe he's. A, I was like, okay, maybe he. Like, the idea is he's essentially taking this whole powwow hostage without them knowing. Which silly, but okay, whatever. But no, it's not really that. He's also like kidnapping the family members separately, and then there's just also armed people at the powwow, and it was, I don't know, it was very strange, and it was all just because Maya left. Yeah. Without saying anything. So why didn't they just, like, I'm gonna just kill everybody. Yeah. And I'm gonna, just like, I killed your dad. And the other thing is, like, granted, I don't know, like, there's literally, like, a big, like, part, a big part of their shipping company is in that community, right? Yeah. Like, so he's just going to kill a bunch of his own men, <laughs> like, probably men that don't know they work for him or whatever. Like, I don't. Very dumb. It was very strange. Why did he kill her dad? Was that in Hawkeye? I, I yeah, that know. was in Hawkeye. And so Hawkeye kills him and... But he's, is he paid by yeah, Kingpin he, to kill him? Something like that. I can't remember. That was... As the Ronin? Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember exactly how that went. I liked but. this show more than Hawkeye and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Secret Invasion. And Secret Invasion. Yep. Um, yeah. And in addition to the ones I've seen that you haven't, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably like mid tier. I think there's all there are just a lot of good things in it. I mentioned to you, I think last week on the podcast that like, I, for me, I think the last episode is the weakest one personally because okay. it's it's the shortest, which is kind of weird. It all happens very quickly. Yeah, it's it's a very quick. They episode. They all just get and it, they all get the ancestor powers and just. <laughs> yeah, it just felt very kind Which, of cheap. Okay, I, I guess that's that's something I wanted to bring up. So I, I think it's interesting how they they bring in like Choctaw like folklore into the show. I thought that was kind of interesting, and she starts to get powers yeah. through that. And I, I loved like, the little flashbacks of the first three episodes. I think yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, I thought that stuff was really cool. But yeah, then like <laughs> she just is able to give her powers to her her family members. Which yeah, they're part of the same family, but it was kind of silly. And then they just know what to do. I don't know. it. I don't know if she really needed to have supernatural powers no. or something. Like, I, she didn't. I mean, like, she doesn't need to. I think the reason why she does is because she does in the comics. Okay. Like, and I think that was, that was something big um, when Hawkeye came out. It was like, yeah, it's cool she's here, um, but she doesn't have her powers. And I don't know if these are exactly her powers, but... Yeah, I think that's the reason why she got him ultimately. Vague, strong strength. Yeah, like we, what? <laughs> I mean, ultimately, it's kind of plot convenience. Powers is literally what it is. Like she's she's able to summon her her ancestral powers to just kind of help out with whatever situation. Yeah, vague. She kind of Mister Negatives, <laughs> the kingpin at the end. Yeah, yeah, 
Which, I mean, I thought that was kind of cool. I just thought it was cheesy that she gave it to Bonnie and Chula. Mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't need that. No. And then Chula sad. starts karate chopping. Oh well, yeah, and, like, then okay, it's, and it's sad seems because a little it's weird. also like just the worst action sequence of the show too. Yeah. Like it, it just progressively got worse in that regard over the course of the show. So. And also. Why don't they just shoot them? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> like, like, they, they got okay, guns. you punch this guy over here, but literally there's like six people on each person. They all have guns. <laughs> just one of those things. It's like, okay. Um, at I, first I was like, how did Biscuits get a monster truck? But then I remembered he like went to that one junkyard. And yeah. Like I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, I was waiting for uh, what's the, the dog's name? Johnny boy or something. The dog he was on. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I was waiting. I thought the dog was going to do something. Yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I was like, they better not kill this dog. I saw there's some, there's some like disagreement online I was seeing about like some people appreciate it. Some people didn't like the first half of that first episode at least is like essentially just a big flashback. Like, and a lot of it is recapping what happens in Hawkeye. I think it works though, because I mean, a lot of it is new I information. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> if you've seen Hawkeye, you probably don't remember it very well. And then there's also a bunch of people who just haven't seen Hawkeye, so it makes it a bit easier to watch without having yeah. seen that. So, what does that MCU spotlight mean again? I think it's like their is it their R rated stuff or is it their street level stuff? I can't remember. We talked about it. Um. I don't know, hmm. but it was the jingle is composed by Michael Chikino. <laughs> what is <laughs> the, the, the Marvel spotlight jingle, which is wow. just a very basic jingle. But when I, the first episode I watched, I had Jeez. subtitles on and it came up with Marvel spotlight theme by Michael Chikino. Oh, I didn't see that <laughs> or something. Oh, that was very funny. So yeah, I don't know. Um, we didn't really talk about the train episode. No, good. Train. I mean, it wasn't the. There wasn't, wasn't a lot of action on it, really. It no, was, I thought I was expecting her to fight a bunch of people, and she just didn't really. No. It was an all right train sequence from Jimmy, the train sequence fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty mid-level train sequence. Uh, yeah. No, I again, I I liked it more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my takeaway. Yeah. Um, so. Because I was like, oh, gosh, I'm going to watch this show. I don't really care about, I don't know, about the characters. And, yeah, I thought it was a good time. It helps that it's only five episodes. Like yes, it saying. does. Like, it does help. So. There we go. So, yeah. Cool. I, that's all I got to say, Holden. Echo. That's all I got to say. All right. Sweet. Let's talk about poor things. This will be our spoiler-free discussion to start. Coming at you right after this. Poor things. Oh yeah, um, I'm pulling up the. I'm yeah. pulling up the synopsis. Directed you don't even by Yorgos Lanthimos. Your based Ghost off of the 1992 novel by Alistair Gray. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah. Alistair Gray, brought back to life by an unorthodox scientist. A young woman runs off with a lawyer on a whirlwind adventure across the continents. Free from the prejudices of her time, she grows steadfast in her purpose to stand for equality and liberation. Holden, poor things. We saw uh, this movie last night at the theater. Pretty good show up. Yeah, uh, yeah it was. Uh, we we got like the last group of seats in the in the very back in the in, like the back section. Um, 
Holden's but, hair was in the projector. Yeah. Just covering up the bottom of the screen. No, that's just <laughs> making that up. Um, yeah, no. Um, this is, uh, like I said, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. Got 11 Oscar nominations, I believe. Second mo- only behind Oppenheimer in terms of number of nominations. Um, I think this movie is is really good. Um it's it's one of my favorite movies of the year, I yeah. think. And that's that's even uh, with my indigestion problems I had that I mentioned <laughs> earlier. I, I without getting into details, you mentioned it to me. You yeah, didn't mention it to, yeah, them. to you. But without without getting into details for like the whole second third of this movie, I was <laughs> thinking I was going to have to go to the bathroom and I was like, I can't I'm going to be gone a while. I don't want to miss this movie. It eventually went away. But I my my stomach was hurting. So yeah, you've been dealing I, with a lot of crap lately in, in more <laughs> ways than one. <laughs> Um, I really like this movie too. I particularly like the first two thirds of this movie. I mm-hmm. think the last third of this movie is the least interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's a two hour and 20 minute movie. So by the end of this, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for this to be done now. So like, I think my, I was very, very high on it and it was a little bit dampened by that last third. Not mm-hmm. that the last third's bad by any means. I, it's still very solid. It's just like I really, really liked the first two thirds. Yeah. And it wasn't to that same level to me, which, you know, is a little bit of a bummer. But again, this movie was fantastic in so many different ways. It's hilarious. It is very funny. It's- it is really <laughs> funny. And it's it's funny in, in a lot of very creative and, and ob- <laughs> very obtuse ways, I'd yes. say. Like it's I it has a lot of like crude jokes in it, which if I, I, I think is not like a strange thing necessarily for his movies, but it also has just like really well written jokes too. It's got a good mix. They're and I very think they cre- all pretty land pretty the, much land. They're very creative, crude jokes. Yeah. It's like they're some of them are just kind of highly offensive, but they're yeah. so innocently said or done. Like yeah. there's either people being completely ignorant in yeah. the movie, you know, <laughs> or just things of the time that people would say that just to the, in a modern audience would make you offended or like exactly you can't yeah. say that or <laughs> do that. And it's like, you know, cause it's like, you know, you have this Emma Stone's character, Bella Baxter is mm-hmm. this kind of, you know, uh, you know, the, the sort of Frankenstein's monster kind of figuring out the world's thing. Yeah. Um, and just the fish out of water situation there where you just like, does, I don't know what right her. She doesn't know what right from wrong is. So I was yeah. just like, she's just doing what seems like you would do because of this. There, that Especially in like the first third, there's, there's a lot of really good comedy where she essentially has like the brain of a child or like yeah. even like, even like a baby. Um, and there's just a lot of really good stuff of her just like breaking things for the sake of breaking <laughs> things. A lot of good slapstick stuff in this, I think. Yeah. Very, very funny stuff. Yeah. But uh, a lot of the dialogue is very funnily written. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but just the whole world is so, it's such a bizarre movie. It's mm-hmm. so weird. It is so In- quirky. Incredibly creative. I think there's a lot of movie, or not not a lot of people, but there are certain people who would see this and would just hate this. Like, I just like, if you, I think you're either on board or you're not mm-hmm. with this one. Uh, 
because like I'm sure there are people who went to this and were like, wow, I cannot <laughs> stand what is happening. This is so Our weird. Audience seemed to like it for the most part. For the it most got, part. There were a couple laughs. people where it was like, uh, I think we were enjoying it more than most of the people in there oh, yeah, in terms of probably. I think we were <laughs> laughing most. <laughs> but there were times where like other people thought things were really funny that I didn't find as funny. Mm-hmm. But then I definitely found There were a few parts where yeah. like you and I were like the only ones that laughed. <laughs> I felt kind of bad. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. But should I be laughing at this? No, I think I was <laughs> I like intentionally it, it, yeah, funny. I'm it, like, yeah, they're it, not appreciating it. It seems as pretty much, much intentional the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's really well edited too. The score is just equally as bizarre and oh, yeah. funky and just dissonant. Want, it just sounds I, bad on purpose at different times. I, I want to double check this real quick. I want to say this is like his first movie he's ever composed. Okay. I think, I th- yeah, I think. Jerskin Fendricks. Yeah, it looks like it might be. It, yeah, incredibly it's just creative. so weird. I, and it, so we can get into this maybe a bit more in detail and spoilers, but I think something that's really interesting about the score is it like evolves over the course of the movie, I think alongside the character. Mm-hmm. Like it, it starts out a lot weirder, especially in the first third or so. And it becomes a, a bit more normal as it goes on, kind of following the growth of the character and everything. But it's it's still well done the whole time. I think mm-hmm. it's a great score. Yeah. But yeah, the whole world too, this Victorian era world is just... St- <laughs> it's like the world, but it's like a steampunk. But yeah. then it's like with the Wes Anderson esque twist. Yeah, I mean, color palette wise, it reminds me a lot of like Wes Anderson, and that it's very colorful, but also like kind of desaturated at the same time. Yeah, like it, it's, it, I guess, like maybe pastel. Yeah, colors a lot of is pastel. The best way to put it, but yeah, it's it's gorgeous, gorgeous film. Yeah, so weird, so weird, so weird. So I'm like, I'm not, I wouldn't. It's like you know my parents or my in-laws. I'm like, I don't know if I would recommend this movie to them. <laughs> uh, it's also very sexual, mm-hmm. highly sexual. Yeah. So that would be my warning to you <laughs> going into this, that there's a lot of nudity and there's a lot of uh, activity going on that mm-hmm. is just very explicit. Um, so if that would not be something you would be okay <laughs> seeing <laughs> while you're watching the movie that maybe not for you, this one. Yeah. Um, but yes, very funny, very odd. Um, Um, we haven't talked about performance. I was going to say incredibly well acted by Emma Stone. Yeah. Uh, Mark Ruffalo is, is the other big standout. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. I think, I think Willem Dafoe is honestly like snubbed from supporting actor for this. I think he was so good. He was very good. (laughs) He was in the movie more than I thought he was going to be as Mm -hmm. well. I thought he would have a very minor role, but he was pretty integral he some of his lines were just the funniest <laughs> in the movie yeah yeah he was he was great there's his the, chemistry with emma stone was outstanding as well mm-hmm. yeah um but emma stone i mean we can get into it a bit more she i, I it's like such a unique performance it's like it, it's such a weird character that like there's never i don't think ever really been anything done like this before um, and she's, she just like gives it her all. She is so into this movie and like both physically and in, in terms of emotion. Yeah. Her, the way she moves, like, yeah. the, like this just lurching around <laughs> like brain of a child and the you know body of a adult, you know, yeah. sort of deal going on. And yeah, so 
that part was excellent. Her voice, her inflections, uh, like the how, way she that evolves over the course of the movie. Yeah, she gets more world experience and everything. Because you know, I'm sure they didn't shoot this chronologically, so she no. had to be very, very That's intentional true. about intentional about what she did. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Ruffalo's hilarious, <laughs> so good. His reactions <laughs> to different things. <laughs> another, it's another case of well, it's not as outlandish as Emma Stone's performance. I've never really seen him do something like this before, yeah. so it was, that was fun. But yeah, no, all of that really well done. Um, yeah, I, I just there's a lot to like about this movie, um, and just the production design is mm-hmm. and the costuming, hair and makeup. Like again, I think. I would, I would, if I was, you know, Mr. Oscar handing out the Academy <laughs> Awards, I would be saying production design, costume, hair and makeup. Here you go. You got, you get to sweep yeah. those three. I agree. Cause yeah, I mean like Willem Dafoe alone, his, his face and everything is, it's just all scarred up so many cuts and everything. It, it's incredible looking. The costumes are like, it kind of, I think the costumes go into at like what we were saying about the production design where it's like, Victorian London, but also kind of not. It's very like the style is is like familiar, but different from the time period, like just a little bit to where it's like, like very fantastical, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's it's very creative in that regard. Yeah. And it's it, like a lot of period pieces get like like awards for costuming. But this is just a little bit different from that. To where yeah. Like it deserves it. Is there an originality to it? Yeah. So yeah, that Victorian era with the weird twist. Like if yeah. if it was like Victorian era era, but like twenty percent Doctor Seuss or something, <laughs> you know, like I don't know, there's something there's, weird about it. <laughs> there was um uh so there's a part of the movie where they go to Lisbon, I think mm-hmm, Portugal. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and especially when they're looking around that city, um, it reminded me of like Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, it, like, it, did, yeah, it reminded me of, of that too, and I even I haven't even played it, but mm-hmm. I thought the exact same thing. Very similar types of types of style and in, in terms of the architecture and just everything going on. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's not a city in the clouds, but yeah, but I was gonna say even like the sky mm-hmm. looks so fantastical. Yeah, or the ocean, ocean, yeah, yeah too. Say. All that stuff. It's just so. It's like I have never seen anything like this movie mm-hmm. in the year in the year 2024 so props to yorgos lanthimos for doing that and his amazing name yorgos yeah, it's lanthimos. Such a, it's, that's such a great name i love that um i we also you just feel fancy you feel like a cinephile when you say yorgos lanthimos that's true yeah it's it's because it's it's a foreign name but incredibly easy to pronounce yeah like, there's no there's no doubt looking at that name that's how it's phonetically said <laughs> 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 But uh, I said, oh, I was telling you, like, if there was any person with a name that should be shouted by or like sung by a 5,000 person choir, (laughs) (laughs) just the most cool, epic sounding name. We also haven't mentioned that the the way the movie is shot is so weird, too. Yes. A lot of uh, extremely wide angles. Yeah. Extremely wide angles. In the beginning, there's a lot of like close like fisheye lens stuff going on yeah with, like, the little kind of peephole shots that they've got there's vignetting uh which is vignetting is the black kind of parts around this this at the edges the corners of the yeah, screen yeah. um and when you have a very wide angle lens you know to the fisheye you know way just so wide that um 
a lot of people will then crop in because you get a lot of that vignetting and mm-hmm. people like, uh, you know, it's like, oh, I like this lens, but you get some vignetting and that sort of thing. Yorgos Lanthimos is like, that is an asset. Yeah, it's just embracing like, it. You're literally like, you're only looking at like 20% <laughs> of the screen in some of these shots because it's like 80% black vignette and then just super wide angle and things are moving so strangely. There's a lot of really like uh, zoom ins and outs, mm-hmm. um, pans and anything that you're probably not supposed to do with a camera Yorgos Lanthimos just did it. It just seems like he there's like no storyboarding. I'm just going to come in here and <laughs> pretend like I've never used a camera before. It's almost like if Bella Baxter, mm. Emma Stone's character shot this movie. Honestly, it's like here's a camera. It's like I've never been told how to use a camera before and I'm just going to do things with it. Well, I I wanted to mention that I similar to the music, I feel like the the way the movie is shot kind of evolves as as she does as the movie goes because mm-hmm. you you kind of lose those like those 20% like shots <laughs> like as the cuz feels a lot more claustrophobic extreme, when extreme she's like more angle. trapped and is is a bit younger but as she becomes more free and everything, you get a lot more of those wide shots where there's there's a ton of shots where it's just like her wandering around a city and the camera's like panning around, like moving around her as she's kind of looking around, looking mm-hmm. up at everything or when she's on the boat and she's wandering through the halls. It's it's just beautiful and beautifully executed, I think. Yeah. So many great things this movie. Really one of the best movies of the year, mm-hmm. certainly. Um, and uh, yeah, I would have no problem if they're like, what, tomorrow we're like, Poor Things wins Best Picture. I'd say, yeah, that, yeah. I don't see it winning Best Picture just because it is so odd. <laughs> like, it, it is, like, was, you know, Everything Everywhere All at Once, I think, was a, the right level of strange for a lot of people. And I think this is just too far for for a lot of people. Maybe. And I think that's, and it, it just wasn't as popular as, as Everything Everywhere. That I think um, in a year where such, you know, good movies have been popular, um, I, I, I would ha- I would find it hard to believe poor things coming away with the win. It is yeah, it is probably too weird for some, but I mean, and granted, this is weirder than these other examples. But you also have things like Shape of Water winning Best Picture. Yeah, but Shape and- of Water was more was <laughs> not poor things. Well, yeah, it's it's not on that level, but <laughs> no. it, but it's I, I I think there is it, an appetite for weird movies. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, Parasite. Yeah, Parasite. You know, you could say Birdman to an extent. Birdman, but this is I this is off the deep end <laughs> for a lot of people. Like, yeah. yeah. We'll see. I I am genuinely curious to see what public reaction to this is, because obviously you're going to have the people that are, you know, think there's too much sex in movies and whatever that aren't going to like this because there is a lot of sex in this movie. Well, this movie is a complete this movie is the critique of that exact thinking, which is like the genius of it. Absolutely. But um, I'm just curious to see what what general audiences are going to think. Like, I wonder I. I will recommend this to my parents. I, I am. Well, yeah, to your parents. I think <laughs> my parents. I, yeah. I don't know if my parents would like this movie all that much. I'm curious to see what my parents think of this. Granted, I probably won't watch this with them. Yeah, I wouldn't. Miss- <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of nudity. Cannot um, understate how much nudity yeah. <laughs> and intercourse is in this movie. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to be on Hulu cause it's, it's owned by Disney, which is kind of funny to think <laughs> about. It's a search, a Fox searchlight movie. So it's yeah. going to be on Hulu at some point, I assume a searchlight pictures. Yes. Movie. Um, uh, yeah, no, great. Excellent. If you are at all curious 
Um, you can stand a little weird. You're the, the whole, uh, fact that there's a lot of sexual content in it, uh, does not steer you away. Um, then I would highly recommend this movie. I do think, uh, and this, this might help with some people. I think a lot of the sex is played for comedy. Oh this. yes. So like, yes. It, so yes, it's, yes, it's yes. not just like awkward or weird or anything. It is, it's, it adds to the humor of the film, but yeah, maybe don't watch it with your parents. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of thing. Um, yeah, no, really, really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, a, and this is the first Yorgos Lanthimos movies that I've seen, so I, I would love to check out his other work. Yeah, um, the favorite, this might be the, the lobster. One, although the lobster is pretty weird, so um, I don't know. The favorite, the lobster, and what's the other one? Uh, Killing of a sacred deer. Killing of a sacred deer. There we go. I got to check those out. Yep. Anything else to say, non spoiler wise, Holden? Uh, I don't think so. No, uh, just I loved this movie. Um, I think. I, you know, score wise, I'm leaning, I'm leaning nine and a half. I think wow. I, I won't, I won't quite go perfect. Cause I think I, I, I don't entirely disagree with the ending feeling a, a bit out, out of place pacing wise, but, um, I still enjoyed it overall, even that ending, even if it was just a tad bit less, um, but overall just amazing, creative, weird movie. Loved it. Yes. Very good. Awesome. Sweet. Then uh, let's dive into our spoiler discussion coming after you, coming at you right after this little jingle. There we go. All right, spoilers for poor things, Jimmy. She's actually a lady who was married to this jerk, and she was kind of a jerk. Yes, but she she jumped off a bridge while she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then they took the baby's brain and put it into her brain. Yeah. Well, obviously you're gonna take the baby's brain and put it into <laughs> her brain. I uh I I don't like that was played as like as kind of a reveal. I think I knew that going in somehow. That well, it was, it, we knew that the, they said at the beginning that I took the baby's brain and put it into her brain. Yeah. Well, it was like. I feel like it was probably like 30, 40 minutes into the movie, right? It was a little ways in. Something like that. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that late into the movie. No, it wasn't. But I I, I was like, okay, I kind of know this going in. But I thought that was really interesting, just an interesting concept, putting the the fetus's brain essentially into the the woman's the woman's head. And that's why she's so weird at the beginning of the movie, acting as because she is like literally the brain of a child. Mm-hmm. But I think it I think that concept is so interesting because you have such then a believable naivete to mm-hmm. this character um, where essentially you have this character who's like forced to grow up really fast. Um, but, and so she's learning about the world around her and everything. And so I, I, I thought that was just an interesting way to have an, a naive character learn all these yeah. things. Very creative. And it's great that, um, Willem Dafoe's character's name is God. Yeah. Godwin. <laughs> God, God, God said us. this. God say that. I really like that. That was funny. Um, yeah, Willem Dafoe, great. I love his weird bubble thing he does. <laughs> 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 Which I, is attributed to, I think, what, he doesn't produce some sort of juice or whatever? Like, it was... I can't I don't remember. remember. He doesn't produce something dude. to like <laughs> one, one of the comedic things about this movie that is like morbidly funny is he keeps mentioning all these experiments <laughs> his father did on him as a kid. And it's always played as a joke. He always, he always <laughs> thinks so the best of his kid, funny. or of his dad. 
But yeah, it's so funny because it's just like horrible. And you even have uh, Rami Yusuf's character. I can't remember. Uh, Max, I think. He's, he's like, that's horrible. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, my, you know, he just wondered what was best well, for We're me. scientists. We can't have emotion. Do you think my dad showed any emotion when he branded my testicles or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so good. Um, but yeah, because of that, he has, he like can't produce some sort of juice. He has to hook himself up to this machine at like dinner time or something. And I think that's where the bubble comes well, from. And then you just have all the half and half, half yeah. and half animals, like the, <laughs> pig head and chicken body or yeah, like the, the duck face dog the, body. Yeah. The French bulldog head on the, on the, like the chicken body was so cute. I thought there was like one scene where it was just wandering around. I was like, that's so cute. Yeah. It's just such a weird, weird movie in yeah. a weird <laughs> setting with weird characters. God, and yeah. God is just a, a, a surgeon who just has all these absurd experiments that somehow work out. Yeah. <laughs> that never would in real life. Uh-huh. <laughs> just the bubbles. There's that bit. There's that random bit where like he's just putting out a fire that he's set on this one on this like corpse he's working on towards the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that was really uh, funny. Yeah, we were laughing at that. That was one of those things we were laughing at, and nobody else is really laughing at. <laughs> there's no context given, and it's funny because so you have uh, Bella, who once again has the brain of a child, but uh, God just like includes her in on these like ex- like essentially teaches her these like how to di- dissect things so she grows up knowing all these things about surgery bella cut only the dead ones only bella the- <laughs> just stabbing <laughs> the guy's eyeballs and playing with his wiener yeah i thought he was i thought she was gonna cut that off but yeah i did too when she first <laughs> like, she had oh, like gosh. the scissors but then just started stabbing <laughs> the face and then yeah the whole time and then uh, Max is just following her around while mm-hmm. she's doing all this and writing it all all that down. I I really did like that first third of the movie. That was, was probably so my favorite. I would yeah, part. that was probably my favorite. Part I did too. really enjoy all the stuff with Mark Ruffalo, but I think that first third of just them being in the house, hanging out and <laughs> chilling, it was so good. Like nothing's really happening. That was just more like a vibes or thing, or mm-hmm. just like explore this world uh, sort of deal. Um, and just it worked so well. Oh it, yeah, it was just so delightful to watch. It was fun to see her kind of grow in that environment and just and explore the world as a child and a in a woman's body and everything. Learns about masturbation. Yeah, <laughs> very funny. That that whole sequence I think is very funny. <laughs> She's touched me in my airy place or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's <laughs> like, right. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, oh gosh! It's a cucumber. Well, she says something about a cucumber. I can't remember. It was very. I wonder funny. what a cucumber would feel like. Oh yeah, that. something like that. <laughs> yeah, that was very good. Narcissist didn't do that or whatever. Oh, I forgot about polite society or polite thing. Polite society or whatever. Yeah, mean. whatever she says. <laughs> um. Yeah, just like why is this like why like why not sort of deal like why can't we do this what's so bad about being a woman and and having like a sex drive you know like yeah why why is that inherently wrong to have sex all the time why can't you you know masturbate why can't you uh you know be a sex worker yeah all these like why can't i do these things you know sort of it's just like you know what she wants to do so why not um so yeah then and then obviously a lot of the movie is her finding out about like the manipulative dark stuff of the world too. Oh, and, yeah. and I love yeah. how just <laughs> Mark Ruffalo is just trying to like 
take advantage of her <laughs> just clearly, but it just keeps blowing up in his face. Well, yeah, it's it's an interest. So it's an interesting. I think there's there's something to be said there about like certain men's infantilization of women too. Mm-hmm. Like, so you have that with with Duncan Mark Ruffalo's character, where literally he finds her attractive <laughs> because he he thinks he can take advantage of her. He thinks he's she's stupid and like can do whatever he wants. Uh, but she's just like she's so like free spirited and just in is learning at such a rapid pace that she just goes off and does whatever. And the more that she becomes like well read and more like interesting, like starts learning things, he becomes less and less interested yeah. in her. But then there's also a flip side to that where when she becomes less interested into him, she wants he wants her more. Yeah. Like So there's a, an interesting dynamic there that I think is, is very funny. Yeah, I think one of the funniest scenes is when they're sitting down with that one other couple at the table and Mm -hmm. like, oh, you can't say these things. You have to say like how delightful or (laughs) how marvelous or whatever. My father's going to die like next week. How marvelous. How marvelous. (laughs) Man, the the, The the pastry here is so crispy. I wonder how they get the pastries (laughs) to be so crisp. (laughs) That was good. There was the scene, um, there was the scene on the boat or I think it was on the no, it wasn't on the boat when when she goes out to dance or whatever, and it just turns into like a brawl. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Lisbon. Yeah. yeah, that is Lisbon. Mark Ruffalo so just good. keeps jumping on people, <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually she joins and jumps on someone. Yeah, that's so funny. I loved that bit. Yeah, or her just throwing up all the pastries that she ate. Oh yeah, when she's on that like observation deck. Yeah, and then just Lisbon. leaves. Yeah, she just starts wandering around in Lisbon, and. I mean, I thought she was going to get way more lost than she does. And she yeah. does, but she she finds her way back as she listens to the tram sounds. Yeah, nice. um, yeah just the this beautiful mind of this child and just and, wandering around in all these when, very adult <laughs> situations. And at first, like, all she wants to do is is just have sex. Yeah. And she does, she does have that at first. And Mark Ruffalo gets annoyed with her for wanting to do that all the time. She's like, he's like, there's other things. And then, you know, when she starts, she gets a book, she starts talking about philosophy and everything, wants to explore. He gets mad that she doesn't want to have sex all the (laughs) time. Very funny. Um, Where she talks, finds out the lady hasn't had sex in 20 years. Yeah. (laughs) It's a great scene as well on the cruise ship. I I like the little friends she made along the way. And Mm -hmm. she just gave over all... (laughs) All of his money to these two sailors who certainly pocketed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. I, I thought that was fun because uh, uh, clearly she has good intentions. Honestly, I was kind of surprised that she didn't learn it wasn't given away or anything. I thought that would have been an interesting lesson for her. But yeah. I guess just that, you know, we as the audience see her naivety there. And yeah, yeah, we know that they didn't give it probably. Yeah, no, I, I again, so much of this movie. So great, so hilarious. Um, I honestly, for me, the movie kind of hit a wall of sorts when she goes to Paris and starts to work as a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And I get like thematically, it still works. It just was like the it wasn't as funny or as entertaining. And the and the movie being two hours and twenty minutes, mm-hmm. like for the for it to kind of wind down towards the end hurt it for me like because if it could have sure. revved up and, and really stuck the landing i mean i think i would be even more in love with this movie than i am um but yeah it was just like 
you know, for one, it's like you see her going through these experiences like, well, this kind of stinks for her because she's clearly not enjoying this. But she's such a she's like her, you know, God, where she's like a scientist. I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. Like, (laughs) I did not I did did not enjoy this. So whatever. So like, you know, whatever. This is an interesting experiment. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So. And then, and then you have that whole storyline. You did you want to comment anything? On I was going to say I agree that um, yeah the the whole when they get to Paris it does become less funny. So it is probably my least favorite part of the movie. But I think it it still is saying enough interesting things to to remain engaging throughout that. Um, I like her, you know, discovering sex work, discovering how it's you know it's shunned by society. She doesn't really understand why. She has that whole dynamic with the older lady. Um, who, who like runs the brothel, the mom and Andor. That's right. (laughs) I was like, where do I know her from? Okay. Okay. That's it. (laughs) So yeah, that was fun. Um, but yeah, then we, then she goes back to London because, uh, uh, God is dying, has cancer. So she visits, she comes back and is, is just clearly grown a lot as a person. It's kind of unclear. I think how long she's been gone. I think yeah. several months at least seem to be implied, but um, yeah, she comes back. Godwin's dying, has cancer. Um, Max still in love with her, but she and she's clearly grown and everything. I think it's not. I, I think it's nice to have like you have all these people that are taking advantage of her, but then you have Max who's like in love with her, but also is like conflicted about it yeah. because like he knows that it's like weird because she's like a child essentially, mm-hmm. but like he like admires her, her creativity and everything. And so he, he kind of, you know, adjusts to that when she comes back and everything. Uh, but then we find, uh, Christopher Abbott, who's the, um, the former husband. Yeah. Um, there's that whole sequence, which I honestly thought I, I liked that sequence. I thought there was a lot of dark humor with it, with how the like <laughs> I oh I see why I threw myself off a bridge. Now I'm gonna leave. Yeah, well, and just like like I think there's gonna be a servant uprising soon. Pulls out a gun. <laughs> so like that's like one of the first things he says to her. Like points a gun at the servant as he's getting off the as off this carriage or whatever. Like <laughs> just the way he treats these servants is so horrible. Yeah, just the most awful person. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of unclear. He's he's like has some sort of wealth and whatever, but not really clear exactly what his job or standing or title is or whatever. But mm-hmm. um yeah, I like that whole bit. Um he gets shot in the foot by Bella. Um by himself. Right. Oh yeah, I guess there's there's like a struggle. He's yeah. he's holding the gun, but um and I thought I and I think the movie wants you to think that Bella's gonna put God's brain in, into his body. That's oh, that's I didn't what I pick took. Up that. Okay, maybe not. Maybe that I was just thinking that I was like, okay, that would make sense to me. So they they're taking him. She's looking at the diagrams. God's dying. I'm like, okay, that would make sense to me if they did that. But then it was. I thought it was a pretty good just punchline that they just put a goat brain. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> I, and that water. added to the humor of the scene for me yeah. was I was like, I was expecting one thing and it turned out to be another. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, again, overall really well done. Like you said, I do think there's plenty of things to say in the end. It just wasn't as it entertaining wasn't as, as yeah. or funny as the You, you lose the Mark Ruffalo character for the most part at that point. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Poor things. It was great. 
Yeah. Very good. It certainly was not a poor movie. It was a yeah. very, very good, 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 good things. Very good. A lot things. of good things to say about poor things. What do you think the title means? Um, well, it made me think of like how she, when she was looking at like oh the like the poor people like oh the all oh, those poor things down there mm-hmm. sort of thing. I don't know. I I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure either. I'm not sure I really have a, an answer for that. I was just curious to see if you had any idea. But well, actually, no, I have no idea. I'm <laughs> I think not it's a good title, no. but I, I it evokes a certain feeling. But I'm not exactly sure of the deeper meaning behind it. Yeah. If you have an idea, let us know down in the comments section or email in Tomp podcast at gmail.com let us know what you thought of poor things or the echo tv show that we reviewed earlier otherwise anything else to say holden i don't think so all right let's go to our final segment which of course is what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing no what are you doing what are you doing no what are you doing what are you doing all right jimmy this week I watched a few things. Yes, I know you watched let's a few hear it. I did too. Actually, yeah, so, so, so let's rapid fire. Let's go here. All right. Moment. So for movies, uh, yesterday before we went and saw Poor Things, I saw Fantasia oh, at a yeah. local uh, state theater. It was free for members, and I just got a membership this year. So I was like, oh, I might as well make use of it. Very great. I think it was Excellent. a very cool movie to see in a theater with a, a really good sound system. You said you saw it with an orchestra. Yeah, live orchestra performance. Exceptional. Really, really well done. That's really cool. Yeah. Very entertaining. Very, I mean, just timeless. Yeah. Excellent. Incredible animation. I mean, it's, you know, generic to say that they just don't, they just don't make them like this anymore. <laughs> really? They just don't make them like they used to. Huh? It's it's such a cool concept that I think like if people if people wanted to put the money behind it, you could make a cool one nowadays like that too. Um but it's just not they Is never... Fantasia 2000 different from original Fantasia? It is different. Okay. I think I've seen it, but I don't remember. That's that's the one where they made it and it was just a complete flop. So there's mm-hmm. like no way they'd make another one. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, I watched May December, um, which I was kind of waiting on to see if it was going to get a Best Picture nom to see to finally watch it. But it was on Netflix. Um, I did get a screenplay nomination. Very good. Very strange movie. Um, has a lot of dark humor in it. Um, but I was engrossed the whole time. Loosely based on a true story too. Um, it, I don't think it necessarily gives that credit, but. Um, yeah, great performances all around. Natalie Portman. That might be the best Natalie. Per- Portman performance I've ever seen, honestly. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, Very weird subject matter. I'd probably read about it before you go in because it can be uncomfortable, but I I think it's it's very good. Nice. uh, I also watched, I got this uh, local used uh, like media store. I got The Quick and the Dead on on Blu-ray, which is a Sam Raimi movie from the mid 90s, which is it's a Western movie. Hmm. And I was vaguely aware of it. I happened to just see it and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. And it's the whole concept is it's a, a woman comes into town, woman gunslinger, and she enters this like quick draw competition. And uh, she's there with the whole sole purpose of like kind of getting revenge on someone. But she she kind of goes into this competition with that guy's um, couple notable things about it. Sam Raimi's direction is, is just hilarious in the movie. It, it's not a comedy, but there's like the quick draw sequences. He does a lot of the quick zooms. He's like known uh-huh. for to like build up tension. It is very funny in those sequences. I was like, I, I was laughing, but another thing, Tobin Bell is in it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he's like the first person on screen in the movie too. Oh, wow. I, and I wouldn't have recognized him if he wasn't in the opening credits. 
Like he was, he looked a lot different and he has, I would say probably like five minutes total of screen time, a little bit at the beginning and a little bit later on. Uh, but he was great. Just loved seeing Tobin Bell. Oh, something yeah. else. Jigsaw himself. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, uh, I forgot to write down. I also watched oceans 11 rewatched that for the first time since like high school, uh, liked it a lot more than in high. For, I, for some reason really did not like oceans. 11 I've never seen school. oceans 11. It's really good. Would recommend it. Great cast. Just a very, very intriguing the George Clooney movie. one. Yeah. I'm guessing not, not the Frank Sinatra one, okay. which I've heard is very boring. So, um, TV, uh, I've just been continuing to watch The Curse. I've just got a few more episodes of it. Incredibly uncomfortable still. Just a another great Emma Stone performance. She's killing it this year. Good for her. She, I, well, you know what? I love La La Land a lot, so that might play into it, but Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone really are two of the best at it right mm-hmm. now, I think. Oh, yeah. Ryan Gosling's, I think, is your favorite actor. He might be mm-hmm. my favorite. Yes. Emma Stone's close to favorite actress, if not favorite. So, um. Other than that, I've just been playing a lot of Power Wash Simulator, <laughs> which I've almost finished. It's it is just so so relaxing, and I think after that I'm gonna uh, replay Final Fantasy VII Remake since the new one comes out soon. So, yeah. All right. What about you, Jimmy? Sweet. I actually watched a couple movies as well this week. Colin, first off, watch Dumb Money on Netflix. If you like The Big Short, I think you like this. Pretty similar to me. I enjoyed yeah. it. Paul Dano was good. Sure. Um, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's like an hour 45 too. So okay. I just was like, yeah, I got some time. Don't want to do anything. So I'm going to watch Why this not? movie. It was good. I recommend it. Um, then I watched the nice guys with Emily this Which week. I also rewatched this week. I was going to wait until you bring it up though. Yeah. And it's great. It is so good. It is so funny. Uh, it's just, it's a fantastic movie. I, I mean, so again, good. Ryan Gosling <laughs> is incredible. He's hilarious. Uh, Hugh Jackman is incredible in it as well. Russell Crowe, you mean? (laughs) Russell Crowe. I don't know why I get them confused in my head. uh, Are they both Australian? Russell Crowe's either Australian or New Zealand. I can't remember. But yeah. Russell Crowe. He's from Down Under somewhere. Down Under. All right. But uh, they're both great. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, my favorite line of the movie is, you know who else is following orders? Hitler. (laughs) So good. So so many it, funny jokes I, in that. We were talking about it. It's a, it's such a quotable movie. I, and it gets better every time I watch it. Uh, and there's a lot of slapstick sort of humor in it as well. Very, and just very entertaining, very well paced. Um, and then TV wise, Emily and I have caught up on Percy Jackson. So there's, I think one episode left this season and we're watching, we're enjoying that quite a bit. And, uh, then I started watching that American nightmare Netflix show. You know, it's like the one, it's the new Netflix crime show. Yeah, I saw, I trending. think I saw it recommended. I don't know anything about, you know, they put it into the formula that come out with the, some like, Oh, here's this thing you're not going to believe happened. And then we're going to interview everybody in that formula, but that formula works. Okay. This one's great too. Um, and it's wild. Yeah. Wild. Not sure how it's going to all turn out. It's only like three episodes. So sure. I'm like halfway through it, halfway through the second episode, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So that's what I've been doing this week. Holden, uh, what are we doing next week? Next week, Argyle. Put that cat in that bubble thing. <laughs> yeah, the little bubble bag. We do not have to see the trailer anymore. No, please. thank goodness. We almost made it yet another week without seeing the trailer, and then they just had to throw something in at the end of the trailers this week. Did they? I don't. Even yeah, know it wasn't. It wasn't the like the Argyle tr- like main trailer we've seen a dozen times, but it was like the you don't want to watch this on your small screen. Yeah, Argyle thing. Yeah. So dumb. 
anyway, we'll do that. Um, maybe an Oscar nom. We we do have like four or five of those to get through in the next month and a week or so. So yeah. we, we'll we'll sprinkle those in somewhere. So for sure, Argyle though. Uh, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or email us at tompodcast at gmail.com or donate to our Patreon. I believe that's it. All right, sweet. Until next time, adios, pantalones. Love you. <laughs>